Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Bobby Napoltonia, and I'm with Next Trucking, Chief Trucker or Chief Revenue Officer. And I'm here to talk today about why and how we believe that 5G will transform and really make an impact globally as it relates to transportation and logistics, and most specifically how it relates to the area that we're focused on, which is marine terminals, ports, and the dredge, which is the most important part I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. Uh, Bobby, I appreciate you coming on. To, uh, to date, this show has had lots of discussion with telecom guests about 5G for verticals, so I'm really excited to get the perspective of someone with vertical expertise, in this case with uh, transportation and logistics. So, to get started, could you maybe just give our audience an overview of Next Trucking and uh, what the company is focused on? Most certainly, and thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. We're excited of what 5G will do to our industry uh, specifically. What uh, Next Trucking is, is we're the first markets, trucker first marketplace with the goal that every trucker in America can make $1,000 a day. And what this marketplace does is it matches shippers and carriers because most of the drainage carriers in America are gonna be small 10 trucks or less shops, mainly because these ports are fragmented across the United States and therefore the local folks know the ins and outs of those ports and that's usually how they're dominated in terms of about 80 to 90% of it done. So at Next, our goal is to connect the right shipper to the right carrier for the right load, enabling every trucker in America to make $1,000 a day. All right. Well, before we dive into the titular question, Bobby, I, I like to use this podcast to get to know people a little bit better. And to do that, we've got a recurring segment where I ask our guests three questions from the Proust questionnaire. So you ready for those? Most certainly. All right. Question number one, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Well, I'd say raising a daughter, but she's only 14. So I wouldn't call it an achievement yet. It's still a work in progress. Um, from a uh, professional perspective, my greatest achievement, uh, uh, there's probably two I'm most proud of. One's a failure and one's a success. And the greatest failure came in the last downturn we had in the early 2000, where we had a small startup and we couldn't get funded. And so we open sourced the uh, technology of which we had, and it now runs on about 99% of the websites around the world called JSON, J-S-O-N. So that's without a doubt a formidable achievement. But from a success perspective, I was very early on at salesforce.com and Mark Benioff picked me to go ahead and lead what was called the app exchange or the force.com platform business. And so about 15 years ago, we kicked that off and it was uh, an idea. And I just read a report this fall that that ecosystem around Salesforce in the next three years will be worth $1 trillion or five times the value of uh, Salesforce's valuation. So, so for me, the changing and transformation and what I would consider ushering cloud computing to the masses that we all take advantage of and for granted today is uh, one of my greatest professional achievements. Question number two, which talent would you most like to have? Yeah, this was a hard one. It ranged from x-ray vision, because uh, at my age, we grew up watching, you know, the Superman to being able to stop time. But ultimately, a super talent would be able to uh, see the future. And I believe if you think of how technology tackles problems, 
my uh, passion for technology and applying it to problems, especially at that startup to that next stage, if you could just actually see, you know, six, 12, 18 months, I don't need to hit the lottery. What I'd like to be able to figure out is how can we apply technology more quickly, uh, faster, more expeditiously, so that we can all maximize how it can transform and, and, and change our daily lives. And question number three, where would you like to live? I live in California now because that, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, I live in California now because to me, it's the best place to live where it's the fifth largest economy in the world. And uh, having spent 32 years in technology, I can't imagine living in another place. All right. So before we try to uh, see into the 5G future, Bobby, I was hoping that you could maybe help us set the stage by giving us an idea of how cellular connectivity has historically and is currently being used in your sector. And then how do you see 5G emboldening these existing applications and creating the innovative atmosphere for whole new types of applications? Most certainly. So the cellular connectivity that we have today <clears throat> allows, just like we do on the consumer side, access to apps on our smartphones that we may have never had before, where your child is, where the driver is, and what's going on. So today at Next, we have a, a marketplace. That marketplace is uh, consumed by the truckers via a mobile app. That mobile app is downloaded onto their smartphone. And through connectivity of the cellular networks, we're able to track and trace where that driver is with that load and then communicate any special instructions when they pick it up, when they drop it off. So the entire <clears throat> communication pipeline for that driver is dependent on cellular connectivity. For an over-the-road driver that may be going through mountainous areas where cellular drops, the technology has a cache built into it so that we can assume current rate and speed and traffic conditions when they may arrive to a warehouse so that we can keep uh, that on track. And then I would say just, uh, just like normal communications on the consumer side is transferring over to the business side. As it relates to 5G and specifically the marine terminals, there's nothing been more exciting. Um, I, I, I'm going to guess that you're reasonably familiar. There's only a couple of areas in the United States or in the world where cellular, cellular connectivity was never really fully rolled out. And that happens to be around the terminals, mainly because there aren't homes there. So therefore there's no need to have cell towers to actually support what we would consider normal business uh, consumers. But when you look at the industrial space, and the sprawling footprint of some of these large, large uh, facilities or ports like LA Long Beach, and you think of the number of terminals that are there and the infrastructure necessary so you could have fluidity, 5G is probably the only way to answer it. And we're starting to see uh, a handful of startups tackling the problem, as well as large companies like uh, the traditional infrastructure telco providers, and even people like Intel poking their head around going, oh my God, this is going to be where we can saturate and have phenomenal use cases. And that use case could be, I already told you what cellular connectivity, but when I am approaching the terminal or the port, I could actually have that trucker's signal send alert to say, my name's Bobby Napletonia, 
I'm going into this terminal, I'm here to pick up can one, two, three, four, five, and they could almost pre-pull it and have it ready so that when I came into that, uh, that terminal, I'm gonna presume you maybe never took a tour, it's um, quite vast, large, and antiquated as it relates to technology adoption. Most still run mainframes and AS400s. And so if you think of this level of advancement, now I can know Bobby's arriving, he's gonna pick up this load, he then exits it, and I can project having a fully automated system all powered through 5G connectivity. Yeah, smart ports are a really interesting area. I have a colleague that tracks that space closely. And like you said, uh, some of the traditional telecom infrastructure providers have reported a lot of big wins, particularly uh, private 5G networks for smart ports. So that's a, a really interesting trend to play out and really cool to see that level of development in such a high value vertical so early on in the evolution of 5g but um you know one thing i wanted to well they never rolled out cellular so it's easy to skip it's no different than latin america never while laying copper right oh that's a good point yeah it's a green field so it's easy yeah to have the latest and greatest most certainly there's no rip and replace there's no augmentation it's like i get to start from scratch and have something that i could actually roll out so i, I talk to operators a lot about how they're planning to go to market with 5G for enterprise and industrial type services. So I hear a lot about 5G for retail, stuff like dynamic inventory management. I hear a lot about 5G for warehousing, like uh, assisted palletization and AGVs for moving goods around. And then I hear a lot about 5G for manufacturing automation. So I've got these three verticals here, manufacturing, warehousing, retail, and they're all connected by supply chains. So as you look to leverage 5G for your particular business, to what degree do you need to co-create solutions with these other stakeholders at the various points along the supply chain that you're overseeing? That's an excellent question, considering we didn't uh, uh, pre-rehearse any of what I think I would say about this. So at Next, what we did was we launched the Freight Tech Alliance. And uh, it's very rare that a small company like us would, uh, would step up and do it. But we felt as a technology leader, and given that who our investors are, that being Sequoia Capital, and they invested in a bunch of small companies you probably know, like Apple and Google and WhatsApp, and then Brookfield, who also happens to own 37 marine terminals around the world, is that they see the need for how technology will transform these industries. And if you think about what you said, I would almost move it back to, because uh, you said manufacturing, warehouse, and retail. Well, how about we start with the, uh, the acquirer, the person that cuts the PO? Well, 5G is not going to be important for them when they actually do that work. As it's sent to the manufacturing, the real-time information of when something is being delivered, when it gets put into a can uh, overseas, when it would actually get loaded onto a ship, how, does it, how would it ever transmit that, well, it's on a ship or what, what would it would get to that point? So you can have real-time cost controls on your manufacturing. Then when, it get, when the ship, uh, the vessel pulls up into the port and the cans become to get unloaded, you then have visibility, when will it get to my warehouse? Well, the reason that that's important is you need to be able to schedule warehouse workers unless you're a drop and hook facility where you would literally go in, drop that can, hook up with an empty and return it to the port so that they can have 10 or 20 or 30 and then schedule an entire workforce to, uh, to unload those containers. And then you would say, great, now that it's been unloaded, it will be transloaded. Do I manage it down at the SKU level, which retail would care about? And today uh, we're not doing that, people talk about that. 
so that I would know there's only uh, five major resellers of televisions these days. And uh, we handle about 50% of the televisions that come into America through a variety of manufacturers is that we then transload them into smaller amounts that each distribution center could take, you know, X number of 65 inch, X number of 55 inch. And then you could ultimately one day run that all the way down to the retail shelf because we know today that uh, retail shelves have sensors in them. And you can start thinking about automated supply chain replenishment models so that you uh, never have an empty store shelf. And um, ultimately, if you track that skew at that level, you conceivably could say, Bobby bought that on XYZ e-commerce site. I know when that came into the country. I know what it cost me to ship all the way to the end user. And I could then say from my manufacturing to consumption, it was 41 days. And of course, I'm making that timeline up. But now you can start seeing things you never saw before. And in real time, via technologies that allow you to have that visibility and transparency, begin affecting your supply chain. Because if I could say shave supply stock, by seven days, a big manufacturer could say that equals a point to my bottom line. So that's pretty significant in carrying inventory. I mean, that was it, Bobby. You just gave the the big picture value proposition for 5G across most of the high value verticals in the world, I think. Oh, there you go. I, I like drop the mic. <laughs> so to maybe make this a little topical, you know, we've all seen reports of panic buying of toilet paper, opportunistic hoarding of other supplies. But, uh, you know, I, I was just interested to get your take on how connectivity and other technologies foster a robust and a resilient supply chain. And will 5G further embolden that? So um, I, I do believe 5G will. Its use cases will continue to be unfolded, probably based upon, I would call it uh, an XY access, one based on need and one based on showcasing. And uh, I say that because when any new technology comes out, you almost have to have uh, use case suitcases and you reach into that suitcase based upon that vertical and say, XYZ uses it for this, therefore you can use it for yours as it relates to A, B, and C as well. It really is exciting to see how 5G is having such a broad transformative effect across industries. And like I said at the beginning, I really do appreciate you taking the time to share perspective with our decidedly telecom-focused audience of, of what it's like to be on the buy side of the solutions, what it's like to be in the vertical that's going to be transformed based on the marketing that I hear. So, Bobby, thank you so much for the time today and for answering the question, will 5G change the world? G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kinney. Thanks for listening. <laughs>